The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Rosh Hashanah. Masechet Rosh Hashanah has been sponsored by Mr. Soli and Cheryl Mizrahi. Hashem Alehem Yihyu for the Hatzlacha of both of their families, for Bezat Hashem, health, happiness, Rab continued success, and of course, uh, much nachat and uh, pleasure from their children. Hiratzon, in the zechut of their dedication to the Masechet Rosh Hashanah, they will be zocher for good judgment, they will be zocher for good beracha uh, and mazal in all their endeavors. Amen. Amen. Today's daf is being studied Le'ilun Nishmat Avraham ben Esther Ruach Hashem Tenichemlu Began Aiden Amen Today's daf is being studied Le'ilun Nishmat Amiruhemet Adel Bat Roza Ruach Hashem Tenichemlu Began Aiden Amen Today's daf is being studied Le'ilun Nishmat Eliyahu Hayim ben Shafia Sofia And we begin today's daf on Chavzayin Amud Rishon, right on the top line. We said that in the Beit Hamikdash, the shofar used to blow on Rosh Hashanah. Its uh, mouth was plated with gold. So comes the Gemara and says, "Vehatanya." We learned in the Brayta, "Sipahu zahav." If they would plate the shofar with gold, bimkom hanachat piv in the place where he places his mouth, pasul shelop bimkom hanachat piv kasher. So we have a Brayta that clearly says that if you place the gold in the place where the one that's blowing it puts his mouth, so it's pasul. At this point, we're assuming that uh, when the Mishnah said you put it on the peev, peev of the shofar is mashma on the lip, exactly where the person blows the shofar. And therefore, it's considered a hatita, it's considered a, a, a interference. So, how can you say that it's kashir in the Mishnah? So, comes again on it. So, you have to say that when it said that you put it on the peev of the shofar, it doesn't mean the actual place where he puts mouth. his mouthpiece. It's the next piece lower. The, the piece right after, the part of the shofar right after his mouth. So it's not actually interfering between uh, the shofar and his mouth. That's how you have to uh, answer. Right, it's down the uh, cross-section of the uh, shofar. The way he says it is, the narrowest revealed part of the shofar. Right, which means the revealed part. He has his mouth on the top. So the narrowest part that's revealed after that, that would be called peeve of the shofar, and that part was plated with gold. Comes the Gemaran, continues, You had two uh, trumpets, we'll call them, that were on his sides. Meaning they had altogether three horns on Rosh Hashanah and the Beit HaMikdash. You had the shofar in the middle, from one to the right and one to the left. So the Gemara is, What are you talking about? That means they're all blowing simultaneously. Are you able to hear two sounds simultaneously when you have the trumpet sound and you have the shofar sound? Are you able to hear these sounds simultaneously? Now, according to the uh, the, the Dba, 
Well, that's the way we'll understand this sugya uh, over here. He understands that uh, according to when you right when you hear two sounds, you can't even hear any of them, mm-hmm. which means both sounds are uh, become difficult. It's not that you're able to hear one sound over another. Okay, so that's the way that Advan understands It's not the chat that you can focus in on one sound over another. Ella can't distinguish between either of the sounds. So therefore you didn't hear the Hasosrot sound, nor did you hear the Shofar sound. Right, so that's the Gemara's question. How could you tell me that um, that you're telling me that you're going to build the Hasosrot and the Shofar together? That Tanyan, the Gemara proves this concept. We have a bright Azakor, Veshamor, Bidibur, Ehad, Neemar. When God gave the Ten Commandments, so it says the Jewish people heard from God, Zakor, Veshamor, that was said, Bidibur, Ehad, in one word. Now, how's that possible? <coughs> Which means a normal mouth, you cannot say a four syllables in one syllable, or in two syllables, and then sounding Zakor and Shamor coming out in one, in one, uh, in one speech. Nor can the ear process this. You can't hear two words simultaneously and hear it as one. Because no uh, So therefore you see over here clearly that two sounds, the zakon and chuan came out simultaneously, and you heard it, it was, uh, it, was, it was audible. You were able to make sense of it. What do you mean? The, well, obviously we know that was a miracle. But the point is that uh, out of this miracle... It's not normally tekaleh, lo mishtamareh. They're not asking on the Kaddosh Baruch Hu. We're not going to do anything he wants. But they're trying to show that was one of the miracles that took place at Ar Sinai. That Zakhov Shamor b'dibur Adam Hashena Ozen Yechulal Shmoah. That normally the normal ear cannot process two sounds simultaneously. So the Gemara says lekach ma'arich b'shofar. Well, the Mishnah took care of that. That's why the Shofar would be long after the Hatsotzot stopped. So therefore, the Hatsotzot and the Shofar would load together. At that point, you're really not, you'll say anything, because you can't hear. Then the Hatsotzot would stop, and the Shofar would continue to blast, and you'd be say with that elongated blast of the Shofar. Now, mind you, you're only hearing the end of the sound. Right? You're not hearing the beginning of the sound. So the Gemara says, the Memra... Which means from here we <coughs> can learn So the may you see that so long as you hear the shi'ur of a tiki'ah Even though you're only hearing soft tiki'ah Even though you didn't hear the beginning of the tiki'ah Yatsa, now if that's true So to the other way Which is if you heard the tiki'ah, the shi'ur and you didn't hear soft tikiyah, you'll also be Yosef. Which means, bottom line, once you tell me you don't have to hear the beginning and the end, it doesn't matter which part you hear. Whether you hear just the beginning, the shiur, and you don't hear the ending of it, or the ending of it without the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's telling me, because in this case over here, when I heard the three sounds, the, or the two sounds, the hasosrot and the shofar, right. that doesn't count as anything. I don't hear anything at that point. Then the shofar at the end elongates its sound a little. So I hear the end of the tikiyah, the shofar, it's saying what? Yotze. So therefore you see soft tikiyah, below tikhilat tikiyah, yotze. So the Gemara challenges this question. The Gemara says, or premise, Tashema, Taka Barishona. Now let's just give the Hagdama uh, over here. Uh, the way we blow the tikiyot, we blow a set in Malchuyot, Zikronot, and Shofarot. Let's say in Malchuyot, they will blow tikiyah, teruah, tikiyah. 
Right? Every tiru'ah is preceded by tiki'ah and followed by a tiki'ah. So the case of it we're going to discuss is he blew the first tiki'ah in Malchuyot. Then he blew the tiru'ah. The tiki'ah, after the tiru'ah, he did it long. And he wanted it to count for the last tiki'ah of Malchuyot and the first tiki'ah of Zichronot. So the Gemara says, Taka barishonah. He blew the first tiki'ah. That's uh, he blow it normally. Umashach b'shiniyah kishtayim. And he lasted the second tiki'ah after the tiru'ah, the, the length of two tiki'ot. He doubled the, uh, double the size, uh, as two. En biyado ela ahat. So it says it only counts as one. Means you only get it for the last tiki'ah of the first set. The Gemara says, Amai, tisalek le betarte. Which means according to what we're saying over here, it should count as two. Look at Nashi. Takabarishona, bifshutash lifnea teru'ah. But you blew the first one, the pishuta. Another way of saying the tikiyah is a pishuta because it's a straight sound. You blew the first tikiyah normally before the tirua. Umashach b'shniya kishtayl. If you say yes, let's go. I can bet tikiyot mitzufot. The hot pishuta lehanei the malchuyot. The hot pishuta lefanei the zechronot. Now, if you're telling me that you don't have to hear tsof and tehila. So therefore, meaning you don't have to the beginning and the end, so therefore let this be considered two. Which is, you heard the beginning of the tikiyah, let it count for the uh, first uh, set, and then the end of the tikiyah, let it count for the second set. From the fact that you're saying you can't do that, so you see, it seems that you have to hear the beginning and the end of the sound. You can't use the beginning of the tiki'ah for one and the soft tiki'ah for another. The Gemara says, no, there's no proof in this case. You can't split a tiki'ah in half. Which means, for me, you have no proof. I mean, to take one tiki'ah and split the beginning and the end of it, you can't do that. But in our case, it's different. Our case is talking about where it's one tiki'ah. You're not splitting it. You just heard... The end of the tiki'ah, when they elongated it after the hatot finished, so you're catching the end of the tiki'ah, not splitting the tiki'ah into two different uh, obligations. So therefore you have no proof. That's the Gemara's point. You can't split a tiki'ah into two. Comes the Gemara says, Actually, Mishnah coming up. A person blows the shofar, into a pit. Oletochadut. Dut they refer to as a cistern. That's an above ground structure. Oletoch apitas. That's into a large barrel. So the Gemara says, Im called shofar shama yasa. If you heard the sound of the shofar, Without an echo, because when you blow into these things, there's an echo. So if you're able to hear the first sound, which is the ikar, the shofar, yatsa. But if you heard the echo, is the second sound that comes out, lo yatsa. So give us amai lipuk petchilat tikiah bekamed learbeb kala. What do you mean? Let him be yotze with the beginning before the echo comes. He might not be able to hear the whole full tikiyah, but until the echo comes, he'll be able to hear the beginning of the tikiyah, and then he'll be able to say with that. 
If you're telling me that Tehillat Tiki'ah is worth something, uh, so then how come, uh, how come in this case over here, tell me you're not Yotzeh? Because obviously, you're not hearing the full Tiki'ah. By the time the end of the Tiki'ah comes around, the echo came in already. And therefore, you're not Yotzeh. Oh, so now we have to go back to explain what's the case of the of the Mishnah. How are you telling me that what? They're blowing it simultaneously. And don't tell me that that's why the shofar is elongated. It's not going to help you. Because that's only a soft tiki'ah. And soft tiki'ah is no good. You need to hear tihilat tiki'ah as well as soft tiki'ah. And the proof of the pudding is because we just said the case of the board. In the board case, we say that you're not yourself to hear the echo. Why? Because even though you heard the beginning of the tiki'ah, you didn't have soft tiki'ah, because by the time the soft tiki'ah came around, the echo came in, so it's mixed in. So the question is, how are you Yotze in the Mishnah? Ela tarte kale mechad gavra lo gives a rule now. Two sounds from one person cannot be heard. However, mitre gavre But if it's two sounds... From two different people, it can be heard. Which means, like the case of Zachor Vishamur, that was miraculous. Because it was from one sound, one person so to speak. And what? Even though it was from one person, a miracle happened that normally you can't hear two voices simultaneously. By Zachor Vishamur, you did. However, <clears throat> by two different people that are talking simultaneously, or the noise is coming simultaneously, two different people, it's possible to process, it's possible to discern. So, comes the Gemara and says, Now again, according to the Tba, we could say it's enough to discern one of the sounds. Which means the Ikar sound that you have to hear. In this case, it's going to be the Shofar. And we're going to prove that when you hear from two voices simultaneously, it is possible to discern. Is it possible? Can you really discern from two people? We learned in the Braita. But Torah, when it comes to reading the Torah, there's one reader. And of course, then you have one that translates it. In the olden days, you used to read the Sefer Torah. And then subsequently translated into Aramaic. They call that a meturgeman. Ubilvad, so long as Shelohye Ehad Kore, that's to read the, the emendation of the Masorah Tashas. Ubilvad Shelohye Ehad Kore Ushnaim Metargemin. So long as you don't have one reader with two interpreters. Uh, so what do you see over here? That if two interpreters are going to interpret simultaneously, even though it's from two different people, so your uh, rule that says by two different people it's still uh, discernible, it's not so. Because it's clearly saying that you should not have two metargemim. Certainly you shouldn't have two kodim uh, also. The Gemara is just making its point on the metargemim. If you want to compare it, compare it to the case of the sefa of that Mishnah Megillah. When it comes to reading the Hallel, the recitation of Hallel, or the reading of the Megillah, even if ten people are saying the Hallel simultaneously, and there's another person listening, you want to be Yotzeh, or let's say ten people are reading Megillah simultaneously, and one guy is listening to them to be Yotzeh, the Mishnah says, it's okay. Uh, what's the logic? Which means since it's new to him 
meaning the Megillah is read once a year, and the Halil is also read from time to time. So since it's a novelty, he pays attention to it even if there's more than one person reading. Oh, so so too, Akadamek, Vande Habib, Deiv Dateve Shama. So too, since the Shofar is a novelty, and it's being blown by two different people, you have the Hasosrot working and the Shofar working. If he pays attention, he will hear Tehilat Tekiah, as well as Soft So again, the basic principle of the Gemara is what? Two people. Where it's Habib, a person is able to discern and hear what he has to hear, just like the Halil, just like the Megillah, now including Shofar as well. If that's the case, the Gemara says, Ela lama ma'arikh b'shofar. So what do you have to be ma'arikh b'shofar? If you're able to discern it when they're blowing with the Hatsot what's the purpose to extend the Shofar? The Gemara answers, Lida just so the people will know that the mitzvah of the day is indeed with the shofar and not the hasoserot. We said on fast days they would blow the horn of zakhar, a male that was kafuf. Kafuf meaning it is bent. Upiv kesef. And it was plated with silver. So comes the Gemara and says, "My shina atam de zahav." Why, by Rosh Hashanah, you plate the shofar with gold? Umay shina achad de kesef. By taniyot, you do it with silver. So the Gemara gives two answers. Iba etema kol kenufia de kesefu. Any time you're blowing an instrument in order to gather the people, so the uh, metal of choice over there is silver. How do you know? Tichtiv aselecha. <coughs> and therefore the purpose of blowing the horns on Rosh and Danit is in order to gather the people in order to make tefillah in order to pray is that? correct so therefore and, the, and, and what's the source of this? the source is the Hasosrot that Moshe Rabbeinu would blow in order to gather the people. So just like they were made out of kesef, mm-hmm. so the Hasosrot and the Shofar that's used on Taniyot was also plated in silver. Another answer. The Torah has um, mercy or concern over the money of Israel. Which means, why do you have to spend on gold? Hachamim alinyat, okay, lose, uh, use silver. Now, it should be noted that where do we see this principle of Torah's hasal mamanam shi Yisrael? In the case of the tzara'at abayid. Somebody comes down with tzara'at on the walls of his house, so the goyen comes along and says, remove all the vessels out of the house. Now, let's analyze exactly which vessels we're talking about. If it's metal vessels, so what are we worried about? That the goyen is going to render the house tameh, and then all the kelim in the house are going to become tameh. Well, metal vessels are going to depend on mikveh. So therefore, he's really not causing a loss by the metal vessels. The real vessels that he's concerned about is the pottery vessels. Because a pottery vessel that becomes tameh, taharatan, shiviratam. The only way to purify them is to break them. So therefore, you see the Torah says, remove all the vessels, specifically the earthenware vessels. So in the event that we make the house tameh, you'll save the vessels. Now, how much is earthenware vessels? Nothing. They're cheap. And still what? The Torah is concerned about the money of Klai Yisrael. So therefore, similarly, when it comes to the Taniyot, don't use gold. 
Let's get off uh, with a cheaper uh, amount. Use silver. So the Gemara says, "Hatam namen abid kesef." So the Rosh Hashanah should also use kesef. If Torah is concerned about the money of Klai Yisrael, so plate the shofar with silver on Rosh Hashanah. Gemara says, "Afidu achek kevod yom tov adif." Still, the kavod of Yom Tov Rosh Hashanah overrides the monetary concern, and therefore you should use gold on Rosh Hashanah. Comes the Gemara and says, "Rapapa bar Shemuel sabal me'avad uvda kematnitin." Rapapa bar Shemuel wanted to follow our Mishnah meaning on Rosh Hashanah. He wanted to use two hasoserot and a shofar. He wasn't the Beit Hamikdash, meaning in this synagogue. He wanted to follow the Mishnah. Two hasosor and a shofar. No, this deen of the hasosor and a shofar is only said the Beit Hamikdash. When is this said? Dafka and the Mikdash. But outside the Beit Hamikdash, makom sheish hasoserot and shofar, meaning on a talit. That the ikar is hasoserot, you don't use a shofar. Makom she is shofar in hasoserot. In a place where the ikar is a shofar, in Rosh Hashanah, so you do not use hasoserot. Vechen in hig Rabbi Halafta b'Sipuri, and that was the menag of Rabbi Halafta in Sipuri. That what? That he followed our uh, Mishnah that she says with shofar and hasoserot, which means he did both. And Rabbi Hanayam in Sikhni also followed a Mishnah to do Hasusrot and Shofar. When the item came up in front of the rabbis, which means that she said this is one, one, one place. Sharem is the eastern gate on the Temple Mount. Which means they told them that we don't do this outside the Beit HaMikdash. And therefore you should not use Hasul Sirot on Rosh Hashanah, nor should you use Shofarot on Ta'aniyot. Where's the source for this? Which means when it says that you blow the shofar the hasosorot, it says hariu lefnei hamelech in front of Hashem on hasi and harabayit the Beit Hamikdash. However, outside the Beit Hamikdash, you only use shofar or hasosorot. But the pasuk says that hasosorot they call shofar. When do you use the hasosorot and the shofar? Dafka. So that's the conclusion of that piece that what? You only use it in the bed. Come to Gemara and continues. We said that what? Rosh Hashanah is similar to the Yovel of Yom Kippur, 50th year of Yom Kippur, in the sense of Berachot, which means just like on Rosh Hashanah. In the Musaf, you, you had nine Berachot, Melkuyot, Zichronot, and Shofarot, so too on Yovel, of the 50th year, uh, Yom Kippur, you would also add in the Musaf, Melkuyot, Zichronot, and Shofarot. That's what the Gemara is saying, it's Shafeh Leberachot. So the Gemara says, Abar Avshu Ebar Yitzchak, Keman Maslina Neidana Zehayom Tehilat Marasecha. Zikaron Yom Lishon, in the Tefilah Musaf, one of the Peskim that we say is, Zehayom Tehilat Marasecha. This is the, the, the beginning day of your creation, Zikaron Yom Lishon, a commemoration of the first day, which implies that Rosh Hashanah is the day that Adam Rishon was created, which is we're commemorating 
זה קלון ליום לישון תחילת מעשיך, the beginning of your creation. Now, if that pasuk finds itself in the tefillah of Shana, who is that going like? Keman, can it be the Ezer? It's got to be going like it will be the Ezer. The Amad, but the Shri, the Olam. Because the Bili Ezer, if you remember, we learned in the earlier Pedic, first Pedic, that the Bili Ezer held that the world was created on Aleph Tashin. Now, when we say the world, we mean Adam. That means the world was created on the 25th of Elul. The sixth day of creation was uh, Ed of Shabbat, which was Aleph Tishri. And therefore it makes sense in the Tefillah, we say, Zayayom, Tehrat Ba'asecha. Mativ Rav'ina. So Rav'ina asks a question. Shaveh Yovel Rerosh Hashanah Litki'av Lebrachot. Al Mishnah said that what? You say the Berachot. The same berachot you say on Rosh Hashanah, you say on Yom Kippur. Ve'aika zayom te'alat ma'asikat zekaron liyom rishon, de'berosh Hashanah ita, u'biyobel leta. So Rav Inaz, what are you talking about? I understand how you can say zekronot on Rosh Hashanah, you're going to say zayom te'alat ma'asikat. But how can Mishnah say that you say that same pasuk on Yom Kippur of... Of Yovel, it's not the day of creation. Yom Kippur, that day that God created the world. Like in the Mishnah, connect them. And I have to say, this is what Tosafot understands, that Lavrina says that that's not the meaning of the pasuk. This is the day where you begin to judge man on his deeds, and therefore on Yom Kippur you can also say that because it's also part of the process of judgment. Which means, according to Rav'ina, uh, the Mishnah makes sense. I have no problem. I, I, I learned Zayyum Tilat Ma'asecha to mean what? Not, this is the day where Adam was created. Because if you say this is the day that Adam was created, then how are you going to put it on Yom Kippur of Yovel? It doesn't make sense, that Pasuk. But according to you, you want to tell me it's going to be the Ezer. Put it to be the Ezer that says Zayyum Tilat Ma'asecha is Tishri. What's it got? Alf Tishri, what's it got to do with Kippur? So the Gabbana says, according to the Bili Ezer, you have to answer. Kiketani Ashara. You have to say it's going on the rest of the stuff, which means the rest of the Berachot. Bar that Pasuk. Which means, you're right. On Shana, you say the three Berachot. And you add Zayyum Tilat Maasecha, like Rabbi Lehi said. Ay, on Yom Kippur, he also do the three Berachot, but without that Pasuk, Zayyum Tilat Maasecha. So it comes out according to this, you have a great machalot between the Bi'i Lehi said, and the way of Inat understanding. According to Bi'i Lehi said, no, Zayyum Tilat Maasecha is... Uh, the day that Adam is created, and therefore you could you you would say Rosh and you skip it on Kippur. But Rafinah says no. Rafinah says Zayyum Tilat Masikah is talking about the day of the beginning of the judgment, and therefore you could say it on Rosh as well as Kippur of the Yovel. Comes again what on says another version. Rav Shisha bered Rav Idi Matniachi has a different version. Amar Rav Shmuel bar Yitzchak had it nan shaveh hayovel Rosh Hashanah litkiav leberachot keman delo kribi liaizer. They cannot be going like kribi liaizer because you're saying zayim tam asik is going on both. Now if it's going to be the Ezer, that's referred to the creation of man. The creation of man was not on Yom Kippur, so you can't say it's Shaveh. The Rabbi the Ezer came on the map of the Shin of the Olam, Ma'ika Zayyum Ta'amah Seikha Zikron Yom Rishon, the Rosh Hashanah Itab Yobel Leta, Kemayetzis Kiketani Asharah. So you have to say no, the Mishnah can even be going like the Rabbi the Ezer, 
And Amish is referring to the other, the rest of the blessings. Without that, Pasuk. That ends that subject. Comes the next Mishnah. Now we go and discuss different physical defects that can disqualify the Shofar. And we begin. Shofar Shinizdak. Literally a Shofar that's split. Vidbeku. And you joined the halves. Okay? Now let's understand what exactly is taking place over here. The Rashi's understood that the shofar split along its entire length on both sides. We have a shofar that's actually split in half according to the length. And if we have to put it together, Rashi says you're putting it together with glue. Okay? That's the first. She says that actually. She's the Avile Keshteshofarot. That the reason why it's Pasul is because it's considered like two shefarot. Even after you put the glue and you attach it, it's considered like two shefarot, two separate pieces, and therefore you're not Yosef. So that is the first statement. The next case of the Mishnah, Dibek. If a person uh, attached or joined the broken pieces of different shofarot to form one shofar, again, pasul. And the reason why it's going to be pasul, again, because it is made up of different parts. Now let's understand uh, these uh, issues over here. Let's go and understand over here. In this case, one or more shofars were broken in the width. And therefore, what you're doing is, you're making a shofar from other shofarot, you're connecting like the rings of the shofar next to each other. And therefore, what's happening is, the sound is going through many different shofarot in order to... To come together, many tears in the uh, shofar, and therefore that's going to be pasul as well. Right? And the ring-like pieces were then joined to create one composite shofar. So the shofar is disqualified again because it's considered two or more shofarot. So again, both in the first case where you're splitting it in the lengthwise and you're putting it together and you glue it, pasul. The second case is broken widthwise. And you just you know connected like rings of the shofar next to each other, so it's also considered shteh shofarot. And it was going to be unfit and pasul. Next case, nikav. That the shofar was punctured, it had a hole, ustamo, and you sealed up the hole. Im pasul, which means if the sealing hinders the sound, which means it changes the sound of the shofar than what it was. Because the shofar had a certain sound. Now you had, let's say, the hole in it. If it could still make a sound, the shofar is kashir. However, now that you are sotemit, you put a piece, you clogged it up, you plugged it up, if it's going to change the sound, so that already is pasul. Ve'im lav, kashir. If not, it's going to be kashir. So he says over here, there's different uh, approaches over here to explain over here. One is the whole hindered the shofar sound, that is the whole weakened the sound. And the seal restored it partially or completely. Although the shofar would have been fit 
for it had not been sealed, because it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what sound you have, even if it was weak, However, restoring the sun is nevertheless a substantial accomplishment. Accordingly, the seal is not nullified and the shofar is disqualified. According to that opinion, it's mahmir. It's saying, it, once the hole is there and the sound changes, and you put the seal, and the seal brings it back to its original sound, that means the seal is significant. And once the seal is significant, it's not batel to the shofar, and then it's considered a hatitzat to the sound. However, the majority of the Rishonim reject this approach, and they say that uh, the seal uh, is a hindrance, that means if it was put improperly, and you're able to get the original sound, that's fine, then it is batel to the shofar. The only time the seal is a problem is when you put it back and you get a different sound. Then already that means the seal is considered hatsitsa, and therefore the shofar is not considered uh, blowing from uh, the shofar. You have a foreign piece. I will discuss exactly what type of seal. The Gemara will discuss what type of seal we're talking about that you added to the shofar. So we'll take that approach. Again, let's understand that approach again. You have a shofar that has a hole in it. If you don't fix it, it's kashir. So long as you can make a sound. I don't care what the sound is. It weakens it, makes it lower or higher. It's kashir. All the sounds of a shofar are kashir. The guy came along and plugged it up with a seal. Oh, so now what this seal did over here is it changed the sound of what it was originally. So now already you have an item, a foreign substance in the shofar, as we're going to learn, and therefore that's considered a hatizan, the sound, and therefore it's not going to be kashin. However, if you sealed it up and the original sound came back, so that piece is considered batel to the shofar, and therefore it's going to be kashir. We will wait for the Gemara to see exactly how big the seal was, and what exactly it was made out of. Now we go to the next case of the Mishnah. Right? A person blows the shofar into a pit. Now, why would a person blow the shofar into a pit? So the Vaigaon explains we're talking about over here a time where the Guim made Gezerot that we cannot blow shofar in the synagogues or in public places because they made a Gezerah against the religion. So therefore they needed to blow the shofar in a hidden place. So they would go in the shofar like uh, so the sound would go down so they would do it in hiding so they wouldn't get caught. In any event, the case of that's a cistern, that's an above ground cistern, or the pitas, that we said is a large barrel. So the deen is like this. Imkol shofar shama. If he heard the sound of the shofar, meaning without the echo, yatsa. Imkol avara shama. But if he heard the sound of the shofar's echo, lo yatsa, he did not fulfill his obligation. Now, the mefarshim uh, over here learn as well that. It depends where the person is. If the person is blowing in the board itself, so then he's yotze, because he's going to hear the actual sound of the shofar. However, if he's outside of the board, then he's going to hear the echo. So really it depends where he is. If he's inside, he's yotze, because basically there is no echo inside. The echo is only heard outside. However, if he's outside and he hears the sound, so then he's going to hear the uh, echo, and therefore he's not going to be yotze. So that's what it means over here. Which means if he's inside, yatsav. If he's outside, 
לא יצא. אני מוריד פה לגמרא, לגמרא will explain this as well. וכן מי שהיה עובר אחורי בית הכנסת. Similarly, a person was walking or passing behind the synagogue. Or let's say his house is next to the Beit HaKeneset. And he, let's say, heard from the synagogue, they're blowing the shofar. Or let's say it was Purim, and he hears them reading the Megillat Esther. If he had Kavana, he's Yotzev. Now, what does this mean if he had Kavana or not? So now there's two ways of understanding this Mishnah. Either we're going according to the opinion that says mitzvot sirichot kavana, that when you fulfill a mitzvah, you have to have kavana to be yotzeh the mitzvah. So it's saying he's walking by the shul, he hears the sound, and kiven libo latzet, because we hold mitzvot sirichot kavana, yatsa. Vim lo kiven libo, lo yatsa. Now, I'll come to, no, it's giving you a normal case where a person would not have kavana. In the shul, the guy's in the shul, well, that's what he came to shul for. Here, the Hadush is when the guy's walking down the street, could be in the, in the synagogue, it's automatic. Here, we're telling you since it's not, uh, you're outside, you have to have kavana, positive kavana to be yotzeh. Now, according to the other shittot that say mitzvot, enam sirichot kavana, so the explanation is over here, what it means, im kiven libo, to hear. Because you have to hear every word of the Megillah, and you have to hear the sounds of the Shavar. This guy happens to be walking, so therefore, you know, we have to make sure that he paid attention, not to be Yotzeh de Mezvah, you don't need Kavanah to be Yotzeh de Mezvah, but he had Kavanah at least to, to, to know that he heard all the uh, sounds and all the words. And the Gemara says, which comes out, even though you have two people that heard the same Shofar, or two people heard the same Megillah, Zechivin Libo, Vezelochivin Libo. Which means, what the difference? The guy who had Kavanah is Yotzeh, and the guy who doesn't have Kavanah is not Yotzeh. That makes all the difference in the world. Now, of course, uh, this last part of the uh, Mishnah is seemingly uh, unnecessary. We'll have to see exactly what that's coming to teach us. Furthermore, the Mepharshim question, what is this Vechin? Vechen usually means similarly. As if there's a connection between this case and the case that we discussed before. Mm-hmm. The case before it was the pit. What's the connection between a guy blowing the shofar in a pit and a case of a guy walking by a shul? So the Mephanshi want to explain that the only Vechen, if you can have this Girsa, is that there are two cases that have variables. Which means, in the first case, if you were in the bor, yotzeh. If you were out of the bor, no yatsah. So too in the shul. Im kiven libo yatsah. Im no kiven libo lo yatsah. So the similarly is that there's a case where it depends when you are yotzeh and when you are not yotzeh. It's not conclusive. It depends on the variables. Comes the gemara. <coughs> We have a Braita. Aroch v'kitsero kasher. If a shofar was long, and the fellow shortened it, meaning he severed, he severed either end of the shofar. Of course, you have a tefah left over. The minimum shiur of a shofar is a tefah. So long as he left the tefah shiur, it's kasher. Okay, it's still fit. Next case. Girdo. <coughs> he scraped it. Ve'imido al girdo. 
and you just left the thin skeleton of the shofar, kasher, whether you scraped it from the outside, or you scraped it from the inside, so long as you still have a thin layer of shofar left, the shofar is kasher. Tzipahu zahav, bimkom anachat peh, he plated it with gold, in the place where his mouth rests, so in that case, it's going to be pasul. Shelo bimkom anachat peh, kasher, so we can explain it like we explained it above. Which means, if he has the uh, gold on the place where his mouth rests, so that's already pasul, because it's going to be a hatita between his mouth and the shofar. However, shalom komanachat peh is a little down after his mouth touches the shofar, the next area. So you have a plating over there, so it's going to be kasher. You have to say that that gold is insignificant and it's not going to cause a change in the sound of the shofar in order for it to be kasher. Comes again when I continue. If let's say you plated the shofar with gold on the inside, so that's going to be unfit. Obviously because it's the gold plating that's producing the sound and not the shofar. If you put the gold plating on the outside, if the sound changed from the way it was before it was plated, which means even if the plating did it passes improve the sound, doesn't matter, it's going to be basul. Comes the next case. Nikav ustamo. So we said if let's say the shofar became punctured and you sealed it. If the sealing hinders the blowing, pasul. So the way we explained it till now is that if it causes the sound to change from what it was. Okay, next case. But if the sound is restored, it goes back to what it was, so we learn that it is kasher. Natan shofar betok shofar. Person put a shofar within a shofar. Okay? Imkol pinimi shama. If he heard the sound of the inner shofar, yatsa. Which means the inner shofar protrudes on both sides. The place where he can blow it, and the place where the sound comes out, protrudes on the beginning of it and on the end, both ends. So therefore, he's putting his mouth on the inner shofar, so there's no problem. The sound is going to the inner shofar, and therefore, he's yotzeh. But if he heard the sound of the outer shofar, lo yatsah. Which means, in this case, the mouthpiece of the inner shofar remained inside the narrow end of the outer shofar. So therefore he blows, he blew only on the outer one. And therefore, he wants to say that the walls of the inner shofar are going to interfere. They're going to be considered a hatitsah. Again, in the case where Loyat say of the inner shofar, that's inside the outer shofar obviously, but it's not protruding. And therefore when you blow on the outer shofar, even though the sound comes out, but it's going to be interfered by the shofar that's inside the walls of that shofar. It's going to be considered a hatitza, and therefore not going to be yotze. Comes the Gemara now and says, If you scraped the shofar, ben mibifnim, ben mibachot, kasher. Girdo ve'amido al gildo, kasher. Which means, so long as you left the uh, 
a thin layer, so therefore it is going to be kasher. Hiniach shofar betok shofar, similar cases that we had, you put a shofar within a shofar, im kod pinimi yatsa, I'm sorry, im kod pinimi shama yatsa, which means, if you heard the inside, that means the inside one was protruding on both sides, so there was no hatitsa, yatsa. If you put shama, lo yatsa, like we learned. Hafakov etakapo. If you reverse the shofar and you blew into it, lo yatsa. Now the Gemara is going to explain what does this mean you reverse the shofar. Amara papa lo temadafche bichituna. You don't have to say the case talking about where you did it like you reverse a shirt when you wear it inside out, which means don't think the case is only talking where you actually melted down the shofar and you reversed it that you put the inside out. For sure that case you're not going to be yotze. It's talking about where you heated the shofar up and you made the narrow part of the shofar wide and you made the wide part narrow and you blew the shofar now from the narrow part which is originally wide. So it says, What's the reason? Which means the pasuk's va'avarta shofar teruah, which means you should cause a shofar to piss. Now, why would the Torah refer to it as va'avarta? Just say v'takata. You should blow the shofar. It's va'avarta. So the Gemara says derech avarato ba'inan, which means you need to blow the shofar in the manner that it was carried on the animal's head. Which means the way it grew. Since the way it grew, the narrow side is the narrow side, the wide side is the wide. So you changed it by heating it up. It's not going to be kasher. So again, derech ha'avaratot has to be the way it is. The way it passes me, the way it uh, grows on the animal's head. Comes again and continues. Dibek shibre shofarot pasul. As we said, if the person uh, joined the shards of different shofarot, it's unfit like we learned, the rings, right? The shofar broke and he just put like different rings, attached them together from different shofarot. So it's not going to be kasher as she learned the psul over because it's considered shteh shofarot. Comes the Gemara and continues. Tanudabanan alav If you added even the slightest amount to the shofar by gluing it or welding it, so then already the deen is ben bimino, whether it's its own kind, meaning it's shofar pieces, ben shelo or you added pieces that are non-shofar substance items, so the deen is, it is going to be basul. Again, because the addition is viewed as another shofar, and therefore the psul is going to be two shofarot. Nehadush is over here, even if it doesn't change the sound, as we're going to see now, still by adding these pieces to the shofar, it is going to be basul. Comes again what explains. Nikab ustamo. Let's say the shofar got punctured and you sealed it. Ben bimino, ben shelo bimino pasul. So again, according to this opinion, when you sealed it up and the sound uh, changed, doesn't matter. It's pasul ben bimino. Even if it's its own t- type, part of a shofar was used as the sealant. Certainly, if it was not bimino, so therefore it's going to be pasul. Binatan says no bimino kasher. Bimino is going to be kasher. Shelo bimino pasul. 
So Nabi Natan is lenient over. He says that Bimino is going to be kasher, even if the sound changed, and Shalom Bimino is going to be basul. Now the Gemara explains. Bimino kasher, that was what we said that Bimino is kasher, Ahmad Abu Hanan, rubo. So long as the majority of the shofar remained, and you're just plugging it up with the minority of Mino. Okay, so again, the case of Mino is to where the majority of the shofar is intact, and a little hole. So you took Mino and you plugged it up, so we're going to say that that is Kashan. Michlal implying, Implying that what? In the case of Shilobi Mino, that even if the majority of the shofar is intact, still it's going to be pasul. So that's that interpretation. Okay, comes out, according to this version of Yohanan's statement, you need three conditions in order for a shofar to be kashir according to Rabbi Natan. First of all, you need a majority of the shofar to remain intact. Number two, you have to use mino. And number three, it's got to bring back the original sound. Because if the sound changes, it's going to be pasul. So again, so you need mino. You need the majority to remain intact. And the sound obviously has to be restored the way it was originally, which is a standard uh, uh, rule. No, it's got to remain like it was in the beginning. No change. Now even if, like I said, if you didn't seal it, it would be kashir if it changed. But once you're adding a seal into it, now it's got to go back to what it was originally. So now the Gemara says, Ika demat nila asefa. Some learn the Yohanan statement on the sefa. Which means, Shiloh bimino pasul. That which you said, what? That Shiloh bimino, that if you put a non-kind like uh, item to seal the shofar, it's pasul, Amar Yohanan, rubo. That's only if the majority of the shofar became missing. Which means, he's being lenient now. He's telling you that in the Shiloh bimino, it's only pasul if the majority is missing. However, the minority is missing, you put Shiloh bimino, it's kasher. And now we'll make an implication. Mikhlal, to be mino of a pishin of khatrubo kasher. Now what? That by mino, even if the majority of the shohar is missing, and you sealed it up, it's kasher. So according to this, by mino, you have majority sealant. So long as it goes back to the original sound, it'll be kasher. And by shiloh bimino, even if it's majority of the shofar, that is shiloh bimino, it comes... I'm sorry, uh, by, by, by Shalom and Mino, only if it's uh, the minority, which is only if the majority of the Shafan is intact, and you have a uh, minority of Shalom and Mino, it will be Kashir. Okay, so that's the second statement of the Yohanan Kotri Ika Dematni, that Shalom and Mino is only Pasul on Rubo. If Rubo is Enomino, but if it's Mi'ut Enomino, Kasher, but by Mino, even Rubo is going to be Kasher. So long as the sound, of course, uh, comes back, that doesn't change. And I continue, If you plated the shofar with gold on the inside, Basul. Okay, because we said obviously it interferes with the sound. If it's on the outside, it depends. If it changes from the sound that it was, so Pasul. Let's say the shofar was split according to its length, Pasul. It was split according to its width, 
So now it depends. Which means, you take the where the crack is. If from the crack up to the hole where you're blowing the shofar, you add still the shi'ud of a shofar, it's going to be kashir. Which if you don't have the shi'ud of a shofar, from the crack up to where you're blowing, it's going to be pasul. Now what's the shi'ud? What's the shi'ud of a tiki'ah? So, Piresh Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, Kedesh Yohazen Ubiyadov, Yirael Ekanu Lekan. Where you can hold it in his hand, and you still see a piece of the shofar protruding on both sides of his hand. Which means the shi'ud is a... So therefore again, by the crack that's done by the width of the shofar, you measure from the crack above, split it, imagine you cut the rest of the shofar off where the crack is, so as long as you have a tefas worth of shofar, from that point on it is going to be kashir. If let's say the sound of the shofar was just a naturally thin sound, or ava, or a thick sound, or sarur, had a rough sound, kasher. Why? Because all sounds are kasher by shofar. So they sent to the father of Shemuel the following ruling. You made a hole in the horn of the shofar. And you blow that shofar, you blow that shofar, yatsa. Well, see, the not what's on the animal. You took the horn off the animal, and you made a hole through the shofar itself. So it says yatsa. So the Gemara says pshita. All shofarot, the narrow part is sealed up. So every shofar you have to bore a hole through the narrow part in order to blow it again. They sent the case to the Abu Shemuel. They sent the Mahalakha. If you bored a hole in the shofar, yatsa. So he said, every shofar in the world, you have to bore a hole in the narrow piece of the shofar. The mouthpiece is not, there's not a hole in it. It's sealed up. So therefore, you gotta bore it. So it's like douche. says, Amar of Asher, Shekedaho Bezachruto. Which means, the, uh, the animal itself has a bone that protrudes out of it, and the shofar is in that bone. And then what they usually do is, they take the shofar, they separate it, they take out that bone, in order to hollow the, uh, the hole. Which is, again, there's a little, little hole, they call it the zakhrut, little bone, and the shofar fits into that bone. So normally the way they hollow it out is they just take out the bone. Here, they hollowed the bone. They kept the bone inside the shofar. Right, there was a bone running through the entire shofar. Instead of taking it out, they just bore a hole through the hole itself. Oh, that is a hadush. I would have said that even though the uh, bone itself is shofar-like material, I would have said maybe it's hatita. Kamashmalan, that what? That the synthesis part of the shofar, it's something it's a piece of the shofar itself, it's the same species, therefore it's not going to be hotzeh, therefore the anush is they bore a hole through the bone itself that was inside the shofar, kamashmalan, that it is considered kashir, you have no problem. Comes the Gemara and says, The guy blows in the board or he blows in the cistern, above ground cistern. Which means, the only ones that you have to worry about an echo, like we learned, are those standing outside 
the pit. Because then they hear the echo. But those that are standing in the pit itself, they are Yosef. So which means... Uh, Rabbi Hunas tell you, you can only really hear an echo when you're outside the pit. However, therefore, those are standing at the edge, so therefore, they're going to have to be careful. That's the Hadush of the Mishnah, which means inside the pit, you're automatic. Outside the pit, be cognizant. Did you hear Shofar? Or did you hear Havara? It doesn't mean you automatically can hear Havara. Just tell you, those that are standing outside, you potentially can hear the echo. Therefore, you're going to have to be aware. What did you hear? Did you hear echo? Or did you hear the shofar? Comes the Gemara and says, But those that are standing on the board itself, they indeed are your Tanya and Amechem have a bright dress before. The Tokaya, the Tokabor, or the Tokadut, Yasa. The Gemara is, What do we have a Mishnah that says, if you blow in the pit, So we answer like Ravuna, inside and outside. When does it say you Yotze? If you're inside the board, when does it say you're not Yotze? If you are outside. Some brought a contradiction between our Mishnah and the Braita. Like we just said. That was the contradiction. Our Braita, Mishnah says, what if you blow in the board? Our Mishnah says what? No Yatsa. But the Braita says, Yatsa. Uh, how do you settle the contradiction? So the Gemara says, Amaravuna lakashiakan otana omdim asefatabor. Same thing, which means the Mishnah that says Lo Yatsah is talking about the people that are outside the board. And the brighter that says Yatsah is talking about the people that are in the board, which means we have contradictions between Yatsah and Lo Yatsah on the board. And the way we'll answer it is the way we answer the Ravunas Hiduk, that what? It depends if he was in the board or not. So look at 52, he explains it for you. In the first version of Unas, they were presented to explain our Mishnah. Which means the Tokabod and the Yatsa and Lo Yatsa of the Mishnah, Rav Unas Chiluk is in the Mishnah itself. That what? That in the board itself, Yatsa, out of the board, Lo Yatsa. And then the Gemara shows a contradiction between somewhere else, right? Like in this case over here, we have a brighter that says Yatsa. So we'll explain it. The brighter that says Yatsa is talking about when he's... In the board, the Mishnah said, "Lo yatsa is out." So look at Rashi. Rashi says that Ika derami leu mirma. Yes, Talmidim sheen shonim na adravuna beanyan lo shanu the ferushim matnitin. Some did not have Ravuna's statement to explain the Mishnah. Ela ramu mirma matnitinu brayta hadadi. They brought a contradiction from the Mishnah and the brayta. Vahala kai Ravuna mishani. Ravuna is answering brayta one way and the Mishnah another. So either he had Ravuna's haluk in the Mishnah itself. Oh, yeah, Ravunaz, look in the Mishnah and the Brayta to answer a contradiction between why one case it says Yatsa, one case it says Lo Yatsa. Look at my name.